Scheffler victory train just keeps on rolling. What a finish to save it. And back on top of the world. Yeah, it keeps on rolling, all right, and it's rolling along with uh, a lot of momentum. Uh, Scotty Scheffler uh, winning the Players' Championship, uh, the unofficial fifth major of the PGA uh, season. It's just a fantastic event uh, with great spectacles around the course, and uh, one man I'm sure who enjoyed it immensely and has been watching them for a long, long period of time is uh, Bruce Young, highly, highly respected uh, Golf analyst, uh, commentator Bruce, uh, good morning to you. Scotty Scheffler, wow, what a 13 to 14 months this fellow's had. <laughs> morning, Smithy. Yeah, you're right. It's been a, a domination of the game. I suppose John Rahm and Rory McElroy, the number one position in the world of golf, uh, has sort of uh, switched between the three of them over the last 12 months or so. But Scheffler's been the dominant player, and uh, not only did he win the Masters last year, but he won. Uh, he's won this event, which is, as you said, the fifth major. It's probably I'm reluctant to call it that, but it's certainly a very amazingly strong event, a very lucrative event. Now that the PGA Tour have added added further to their prize money, four and a half million US dollars, I think he won. But um, and when you consider that he's got the uh, match play coming up, not this week but next week, uh, a tournament where he'll be defending, and then a, a week after that, or two weeks after that, the Masters, where Again, he'll be defending. You you got to think that the um, it's not over yet for Scotty Scheffler. There's a lot more to come for him. Twenty six years of age, Bruce. Uh, he is. That's all. Just twenty six years of age. He seems to have a very balanced uh, life behind him. He seems to have a, a great back room, as they say. And his demeanour on the course uh, belies his age. That's exactly right. He really is cool, calm and collected, isn't he, the way he goes about his business. Nothing seems to phase him too much either way. He doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low, and I suppose that's one of the uh, uh, the great attributes of the great players in the game. They don't let things uh, unduly bother them either way, but he's, uh, as you said, just 26 years of age. It's amazing, really. Uh, he feels like he's been around for a while now, but he hasn't... I mean, he came through the Corn Ferry Tour where I think he was a winner, and he won a lot of junior amateur events. He was a very, very highly successful junior, but he had to pay his dues. He had to go through the Corn Ferry Tour before he got to finally got to the PGA Tour. But when the floodgates opened in Phoenix last year, just uh, as you said, over what, 13 or 14 months ago, it's been non-stop for him. And uh, as I said, I think there's a hell of a lot more to come for him. If you look at him, uh, Bruce, there's a lot uh, talked about swings, um, uh, but... If you looked at his footwork as a golfing analyst as such, you look at his feet and, and uh, you know, sometimes it's quite exaggerated movement. You would, some people would sit back and say, you cannot control a golf ball with a base like that, but he seems to immaculately. Well, it's one of those things that another teacher or another coach might say, let's, uh, make, let's work on altering that. But clearly he works with somebody that's with comfortable with the way he goes about his business and, and the technique that he's got. And I agree with you. It looks a bit weird at times. He almost lose, looks like he loses, loses grip of the ground. He, he slips a bit. But, it, 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 I mean, clearly it's working. And, and, and he's not only is he obviously making a hell of a lot of putts, but they keep talking about him being one of the great ball strikers on the tour now. So uh, whilst the technique looks a bit strange and perhaps fallible, but it... it, it I mean, the results tell a story that um, he just keeps producing great shot after great shot, great result after great result. And, uh, I mean, I can't see it stopping. We we occasionally do see these stretches with golfers where they go through 
a period of time where they just virtually dominate the game and then they disappear for a while. And who knows, it may yet happen with him. Something may, may alter in his technique, but it's a bit hard to see at the moment, given not only um, the quality of his ball striking, but as we've discussed, the, uh, the constitution of the guy and the manner of the guy on the golf course. It doesn't appear that uh, crowds phase him either. And I was going to talk to you about uh, what is pleasing golf fans on course at the moment. When you look at the success of uh, the par 3 16th at, uh, at Phoenix and then you look at uh, the stadium design of the sawgrass course, um, isn't it amazing the transformation of how we watch golf these years on, these, these days on course? I think the Players' Championship for me, Smithy, has always been one of the most watchable tournaments in the game. Uh, that's finishing stretch, the par 5 16th had uh, amazingly dangerous, but... Uh, so exciting, par 3, 17th, and even the 18th, um, perhaps bland by comparison, but still an incredibly strong and difficult hole. I, I think those three holes, but uh, now that we've had the opportunity in more recent years to see a lot more of the golf course, we realise what an amazing test it is. It was it was built back in about 1980. I think Pete Dye, or Pete Dye did design the golf course, and interestingly mm-hmm. enough, when it was first designed, I think a lot of people were probably looking at him and thinking, what the hell have you done? Um, because it was controversial at the time. It was really built as a stadium course so the spectators could take full advantage of it. Um, but it really has um, uh, now become one of the most watchable golf tournaments and probably one of the most watchable tournaments from a spectator's point of view at the golf course as well. I think it's a fabulous tournament. I, I As I said... Aside from some of the majors, it's probably my most favourite golf course, golf tournament to watch, and it certainly was over the weekend. I mean, uh, you know, that 17th hole is a bit like a box of chocolates. You just never quite quite know what you're going to get by leaders or the, those further down the field, and we saw some huge numbers stacked up there, uh, mm-hmm. but also um, some high-quality shots. I mean, Minwoo Lee's birdie at the, la- at, the se- at the 17th on Sunday to, get, to sort of keep him in contention for a top three or four finish. It wasn't to be because he bogeyed the last, but um, yeah, that, that, that's that excitement, and I think we all, as you know, New Zealanders, look back at Craig Perks win there, where he eagled the 16th, and then I think he chipped in from behind the green at the last to win that tournament. Um, just goes to show what a and a uh, what, what a sensational finishing stretch it is. Bruce, uh, the game has been um, stripped of uh, some quality. I think a lot of people would agree with that uh, by a certain. High-profile players going to live. Talk about that in a minute. Uh, but what is uh, what has been the encouraging sign from my point of view, and what's I think given back to the conventional side of things? We'll say uh, is the rejuvenation of players like Jason Day, Ricky Fowler, Jordan Spieth, who you kind of figure have got the appetite back. Well, very much, and especially Jason Day, who you know, twelve months ago was about 164th in the world, and now. With a series of good finishes this uh, over the last oh, last four or five months, perhaps we've really seen him come back inside the top. Uh, I think he's now inside the top forty, might be thirty seventh or something. In fact, Ryan Fox is just ahead of him. In fact, Ryan Fox is the second highest ranked Australasian behind Cameron Smith, who of course is now a live golfer. But you, you mentioned Ricky Fowler, another one who's a tremendously popular player on the PGA Tour with young fans especially, and uh, and Jordan Spieth to, to, to a lesser extent. Uh, um, I guess the, the real highlights are Jason Day because we know 
where he was four or five, five or six years ago, the world number one, the winner of a PGA championship. And for him to get to outside the top 150 in the world 12 months ago and now be back inside the top 40 tells the story of a, a very determined young man and a guy I've got a lot of time for. I've got a tremendous amount of time for Jason Day and um, and Ricky Fowler. Yeah, two very popular players. Perhaps Ricky Fowler more popular in some respects, but I think it's encouraging. And I think also, Smithy, what we've seen is the emergence of a lot of good young players coming through and getting opportunities to perhaps showcase their game and, and gain greater profile. And I think the PGA Tour is in a pretty good space, despite the fact that it's in, the, in this ongoing constant battle with Liv. Three weeks to the Masters. Um, and that is, again, a very recognisable golf course for most of us. Um, we feel like we know it. We've been watching it there for so long. They tinker with it every now and then, but uh, it's only three weeks away, um, and it's going to be a, a bit of a coming together of the two factions, uh, really, Bruce, for the first time in a long time. I was reading that 17 invitations have been handed out to live golfers. Yeah, well, I don't know. I wasn't aware that that was the actual number, but, um, yeah, I mean, Cameron Smith is obviously the the standout in that regard because he's gone so close to the Masters in recent years. He's been second and third there a couple of t- a couple of times in recent years. And it will be very interesting because to some extent, uh, players like DeChambeau and Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson, they've almost lost profile, haven't they? They've disappeared from the scene to a very large extent. Cameron Smith remains the world number five, despite the fact that he hasn't played on the PGA Tour for probably eight, Eight, eight or nine months, seven or eight months now, but he's still retained that number five ranking. And his record at Augusta National um, suggests that uh, he could do well again this year. But the problem for him is that he really hasn't been playing competitive golf, as has been the case in the past. So it'll be interesting to see whether that has an impact on his preparation and how he goes about things this year. But uh, yeah, bringing together now that the little four majors have agreed that uh, all of golfers are eligible to play in them will be really and very interesting coming together of the two parties, you might say. Ryan Fox, what have you made of uh, Ryan Fox's first decent foray into the United States? I think it's been brilliant. I think it's 14th place at the Arnold Palmer Championship and then a top 30 last week. I think it was 27th or thereabouts at the Players' Championship on debut there at at uh, the TPC Sawgrass, where it's such a learning thing in your first time there. It's a bit like uh, the, the Masters, which will be the case for him in a couple of weeks. Um, there's so much to learn, and I, I really think he's handled himself well. He, he made the decision not to play the New Zealand Open, and understandably, and I think the tournament organisers were more than happy that, with that decision from, from Ryan's point of view, because you get an opportunity to play the Arnold Palmer Championship and the Players' Championship, you're not going to turn them down, uh, and he'll, he'll be much the better golfer for it. And um, I think it's a very impressive... I know he's played on the on the US PGA Tour previously in selected events, but I think it's been an impressive start to his US PGA Tour campaign. And um, let's hope it rolls on into the Masters, and he has a good week there, and continues on, and maybe eventually gets his card to play on the PGA Tour. He doesn't have it at this stage, but um, he, he may well build up enough money, like Minwoo Lee is going about, is doing, mm-hmm. uh, just uh, accumulating enough money to get temporary status on the PGA Tour and eventually get there full-time in the future. But, um, yeah, to answer your question, I think it's been a very, very impressive start to what is a a more regular PGA Tour campaign for Ryan Fox. 
You know um, Augusta very well. You know the dimensions. You know the idiosyncrasies of the holes, etc. He's a big hitter, Ryan Fox. Does it suit him? Well, it's a good point, uh, and uh, but that's all part of the learning curve, isn't it? You know, the, how to harness that amazing power that he has. I mean, on some of the par fives, that'll be a huge advantage, like um, thirteen and uh, and fifteen, and and uh, more especially on that back nine. But I think he's shown over the last eighteen months or so that his game's more more than ju- <coughs> more than just power. Excuse me, Smitty. <coughs> his game is more than just power, isn't it? It's, he's got. He's got a more complete game now than he's ever had, and I think he'll, in those first few practice rounds that he'll get, he'll um, he'll learn that um, he'll fi- he'll find his way around the golf course, and uh, you know, debuts at Augusta. Um, and there's been a few good ones, but um, uh, I think an expectation of him to do much more than make the cut and have a very good, solid, maybe top thirty week. I think if he's able to do that, he'll come away from it that much better for it. So. Uh, his power will be an advantage, but he's a smarter golfer now than he's ever been, Ryan Fox, and I think he's l- using that power as an absolute asset when it's needed, and when it's not needed, uh, he he, he uh, winds back and 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 really is, becomes a very strategic golfer. Just finally, um, Liv, just getting back to Liv, of course, it's not too far away that it makes its debut uh, on Australian soil, playing it at the Grange Golf Club in Adelaide. Uh, April 17th. One of the big uh, news I've just discovered reading about that tournament coming up, uh, Bruce, it's going to be live on Channel 7 in Australia, which is, of course, one of the major free-to-air networks over there, which I would imagine has Greg Norman smiling all over his face because the one thing they've been looking to get is television exposure. Well, very much so. And, you know, they've now engaged a very obscure network in the... Well, maybe not all that obscure, but a a relatively obscure from our point of view network in the United States to cover the tournament, tournament, their tournaments regularly. But by Channel 7 agreeing to... I think on one of their digital platforms, and I think it's on the mainstream Channel 7 uh, outlet. I think it's maybe on one of their several digital programs. But either way, it's going to be free to air. And uh, that is a huge boost for uh, for Greg Norman and Live Golf. But uh, as I said earlier, I, it, you know the the fact that I know they played an event a couple of weeks ago in um, in Mexico, and but the fact that um, the, there's an obscurity about the about that tour at the moment. It's getting a lot of support here. That by all accounts, there's been sellouts for the for the event. Uh, on the first, uh, well, throughout the week, according to reports anyway. Um, so it'll be very interesting to see how it goes down in Australia, but certainly the coverage on the free-to-air network here in Australia will boost rankings, that's for sure. But um, mm. I don't know, Smithy, I'm I'm kind of uh, more of a traditionalist, and I'm, mm. despite the fact that there's a lot of hypocrisy in what the PGA Tour have done and, and really are reacting to live with uh, huge increases in pur- purses, and you wonder where that money was in the first place, uh, they've certainly lifted their game in that regard. Um, I, I'm, I'm still leaning a little bit more towards the uh, more conservative and traditional side of the game than than uh, than live golf. Well, I mean, I'm on your side of the fence. I promise you that, Bruce. Um, yeah, I'm tradition too, and uh, I love those. I love those big tournaments. And um, how much is enough? Uh, I guess how much is enough um, in terms of money? Well, but anyway, I, I think I hey, think hey, the fact yeah. the fact. Sorry, go ahead. You know, no, no, you go, Bruce. You go. 
Well, I was just going to say the fact that we're going to be able to see players such as Kepka and, and DeChambeau, I know we've seen them at the President's Cup down here at Royal Melbourne two or three years ago, but the fact that we're going to get to see some of those players here, I mean, there's a feeling in Australia that the PGA Tour have never done, gone out of their way to help Australian golf. Um, it's always been a case of their way or the highway. So uh, I think there's a there's a there's a, a passion and a, and a love for live down in this part of the world because they feel that at least some great players have been brought to this part of the world. But um, I just find that there's a level of, of obscurity now with those great players from the from more recent years like DeChambeau, Kepka, and Dustin Johnson. Uh, because of live, and it's just a shame that um, the whole the whole golfing world is not united and 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 uh, pushing forward in a in a more combined way. But I, I can't see that happening for quite some time because, as you and I have discussed in some of our earlier chats, the litigation per, the, 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 that continues to flow is going to mean that uh, there's a divide for quite some time yet. I would think. Bruce Young, always great to catch up with you, sir. Um, I like you. I look forward to um, the Masters coming up in three weeks' time, uh, one of my favourite times of the year. Spot on. Thank you, sir. Always uh, always a pleasure. Yep. Pleasure, Smithy. Cheers.